Okay. Hey guys, I'm your writer with the Cloud9 Podcast. I have my guest uh, and, and uh, guest for the day, Jason Dorfman, CEO of Orem. Jason, how's it going, man? It's going great. Thanks for having me. Uh, likewise. Um, you know, I, 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 we've, we've been chatting for uh, a long time. Really love the tool you've built. Before we get started with our conversation, you know, I, I, I like to ask my uh, guests maybe a quick fact that nobody can, uh, some intel, some, some secret information that nobody can tell from your profile, like a cool hobby or an interesting story that you've done. What do you got for us, Jason? Yeah, so fun fact, um, before I got into tech, this is over 10 years ago, I was a full-time Hollywood background actor. So I was, I was doing it basically just for the beer money, but had a lot of fun, got to meet a lot of people, uh, made some cash on the side. So, so guys, if you want to cold call uh, Jason, I think you need to open up with that. <laughs> that's a good little fact that nobody would know. Um, you know, Jason, it, it, I've been, I've been uh, I think, communication with you for about a year and a half. And, and uh, one of the things that I loved about our initial conversation was the fact that you uh, shared your screen and you started cold calling, right? Um, and, and, and doing a live demo of how Aurum uh, can amplify a SDR. Um, you know, with uh, that reference you saw about a machine gun as far as having conversations, um, which I thought was great because, you know, as you may or may not know, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, a leader that loves to call and actually sell. And I think it's uh, great having a, uh, an actual sales and marketing technology that's run by a, a CEO with a sales background. Um, what was the, what gave you the inspiration to, to build um, what you built? Yeah, so the, the inspiration for Orem um, really came from my time working at Rubrik for six years and building out their inside sales team. And um, I always held the philosophy that live conversation and the phone should be the foundation of any sales development team. Yeah. And the issue I was running into is that the pickup rates were getting worse and worse. So, you know, you might make 100 calls, you know, three to five people pick up, and it wasn't very tenable. So, I went out into the marketplace and explored different products that purported to solve this problem. And I really felt like this, that it was kind of half baked. Um, and at the same time, you know, there's all these great companies that were coming up like outreach and gong and sales Loft, but I didn't see any next generation company with your kind of Google and Facebook style engineers yeah. that were tackling this problem of how do I get my reps into more live conversations? And so that was the kind of initial spark to, to build the company. That's awesome. And for people who don't know, um, I can almost do a, a demo of Orm. I think I have already because it, it, it's a uh, parallel, parallel assisted dialer, right? That would, will, will dial multiple numbers at the same time, navigate through um, IVR, right? Um, and, and allow you to have what you need for conversation without, you know, using all that time to dial, right? If, if, we're in a world where there's a 2% connect rate. Um, what do you do to fix that? You 10X the calling and now you have two turns into 20, right? Uh, simple math, simple concept. Not so, you know, not, not, you have to be obviously skilled and ready for those conversations, but um, really like what you built. Um, you know, I, I, I'm really much involved in this sector. That's why I, I'm, I'm excited for this call. Um, where, where do you see, I would say, the world going when it comes to this technology? Do you think that, um, this kind of technology is going to get widely adopted and, and it will lead back to more conversations? Or do you think um, that only a select few 
you know, will be using it? Is it something where like, like where, where are we going? What direction? Cause I, I noticed, and I think you have too, that for some reason there's a lot of leaders and, and, and sales leaders out there who haven't even picked up the phone themselves. Right. Um, so what's, what's the future with calling? And I, I know it's a kind of a loaded question because your product's calling, but love to hear your feedback. Yeah. So I think that the biggest pain point in sales development, and maybe it's been a little bit slow to change, but I think it's going to have to change on necessity is companies are hiring 50, a hundred people to essentially do grunt work, whether mm -hmm. it's prospecting, doing email blasts, um, things of that nature. And I think the last thing that can really be outsourced on the SDR team is having an individual who's um, you know, super passionate about your product that can take someone who wasn't interested before, turn the call around, change their mind, and ultimately get you into a qualified conversation. Mm -hmm. Not just maybe uh, get people to respond to your marketing a little bit, but really go out and evangelize um, the product. So my feeling is that an SDR team is that you should be hiring and recruiting and training for that skill set and everything else you should be looking to this next generation tool set to automate. Yeah. Um, I think that, um, you know, there, there's some folks that are really ahead of the game here. There's a lot of people that don't even know that this is possible and this exists because five years ago, the sales acceleration and sales engagement, sales automation space was just a handful of widgets. And now we're seeing these billion dollar companies emerge and the technology get a lot better. Um, so that's where I ultimately see it going. It's, it's, just, it's smaller, smarter teams where you're hiring SDR to really bring them up and be the field for, or bench for the field um, and, and investing in, in tools and tech for everything else and outsource. Yeah. yeah. And I also think that the explosion of tools like outreach sales lab, I think they, they helped Orem, right? Cause I think they, uh, they really hurt email deliverability and the results are going to go down fast. Right. So I think when uh, leaders are looking and saying, Hey, well, I just made an investment in outreach or sales loft. Um, the results are going down because they are right. I'm like, I don't know the last time I, I took a meeting from the sequence might've been years ago. Um, I think it's going to amplify leaders like yourself who've built tools to get us back and having conversations. Right. Um, which, which is awesome. And you know, I don't know what you think about that, but do you think that that explosion has helped Orem or is it, or are people still just really focused on sequences and emails? Yeah. So, I mean, we've really built our, our business around that. So I feel like some of the existing um, solutions that I evaluated in the dialing space, it was kind of like, well, more dials equals more conversations, which equals more revenue. And that's a very linear way to, to look at things because it's all about a multi-channel approach. You have to be doing a combination of email, of social, of, of calling. But I think that calling, um, most, a lot of sales leaders like me believe that it is the most important Keystone Park, but it, it kind of went out of vogue for a little bit. And I think that had to do with the productization of databases, things like Zoom Info, Discover Work, everyone had the same number. And so when you tell a rep, hey, you have to make 100 calls and you might get one meeting, it's really hard to enforce that behavior. And the automation came first for the email. And, you know, until things like Orem, it was much harder to do for the calling. So I think that's why that's all occurred. But our, to get back to your original question, um, for us, one of the, the big pain points I had with existing solutions is that they didn't integrate with things like outreach and sales loft or groove as a first principle. It was always yeah. something that was an afterthought. And so in the case of Orem, you're actually logging in um, through your outreach account or your sales loft account. We're pulling in your due call tasks and allowing your rep to do double or triple the amount of outreach sequences 
um, or sales off cadences that they would normally uh, complete. So we're driving usage on their platform. So in many cases, they bring us into deals, we bring them into the deals, and it's uh, it's a win-win. Makes a lot of sense. Um, so yeah, I agree with you. I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I was actually just using Orem, um, and I, I was able to book two meetings off let me pull up the data, right? Because I forgot. But I, uh, and uh, it's, it's not typically common that I'm having a podcast with a tool that I'm actually using 20 minutes ago. Uh, but I, you know, I've been using it and, and I'm happy, uh, really happy with it. I mean, one of the big things for us is that, you know, we, we do human verified leads. So I did have my team verify the direct numbers and that increased the, the, the call rate, I think I did 43 dials in three meetings um, and it was four minutes of dialing time. And, and um, I enjoy it. I, I liked it. Uh, do you think organizations are prepared to set up the whole package in the sense that what I find is that there's a lot of tools out there, but people forget to talk about all the ancillary stuff that make those tools work better, right? Like team verified data with direct numbers, really good call training, good coaching, right? Do you think that people in order to be successful with calling in general need to make investments to support that investment in the tool? Because I find that sometimes companies will buy the tech uh, and not making the investment and making sure that tech works. And um, I, we're in a fortunate position at CloudFast to have all those ingredients. So like I'm spoiled, right? Because um, I'm feeding off my organization. But do you see that some co companies will make the investment in Aurum but not in data uh, or They'll make the investment or um, they'll have zoom info and they won't human verify the data. They get a bad connect rate or they don't invest in the coach. Are you guys, are you seeing that? that that's a, a great question and point because I think all companies right now in tech feel like they have SAS overload. Every time they hire a new executive, someone's coming up the chain and saying, Hey, we have to buy this tool and that tool. There might be overlap, you know, between them. And it's, it's not uncommon for a company to have like 400 SAS vendors. Yeah. And, you know, they hire a CFO before they're going public and they're going, oh my God, this is a mess. Like, what have you done? And so, if, especially in sales development, where a lot of the leaders in sales development might be first-time managers um, or, or aren't necessarily considered a part of the executive staff, they have the challenging job of going in and trying to get approval for these different tools that they need. And you're correct that they can't just go out and buy one piece of an automation stack and then you know call it a day you you need to put together a system that works together where you have the best in class data provider you have an engagement platform you have dial automation you have conversation intelligence yeah uh, and and in some cases services and outsourcing to make sure all of that works together so i think it's um really on the you know the vendors and folks like us to make sure that we're arming um, our champions with the tools they need to to get approval so I think a lot of managers, they're very resistant to giving up um, future headcount, for example. Yeah, but yeah. companies are, are more likely to give you uh, um, an extra two SDR hires for 200K than they are just to automate you know, half of what the team's doing and make the job better for the SDR. Um, so I think that there's, a, there's definitely an education gap, but unless you take a holistic approach and buy into the idea that we're hiring SDRs because they're the bench for our company. We want to train them. We want to make them awesome on the phone. And then we want to move them up and we want to automate that until you kind of commit to that. It, it's hard. You can't just buy one or two tools and then, you know, call it a day. Yeah, I agree with you. And I, and I think, so like for me, like I like talk about it personally, like we're, I love sales development. It makes a lot of sense. 
our, our specialty, even though we do customer success and support, top of the funnel is really what a lot of majority of our businesses, and I, I'm passionate about it. Um, I was spending a lot of money in creating qualified meetings, right? But I was not taking the time to actually listen to my account executives' meetings. I had them emailing me and being like, yo, Mira, listen to this, give me feedback. And I'd mark it on red for like a month, right? And so I went out and I hired an um, outsourced sales trainer to just focus on the coaching, right, of um, those account executives. And to me now, I have more confidence putting the gas on, right, because I know that we're being coached up there. And, you know, I feel like with your tool, the arm, with what you're doing, like it's logical, right? Like the concept of you're getting a 2% connect rate or two conversations per day. If we 10x that, you can get 20. That's just math, right? Um, but then it brings up the concept of like, okay, well, are you going to listen to those calls and coach those calls, right? And if people, I think, invest in, see the big picture, um, the results will go through the roof, right? Um, and the experience will be a lot better for the, the end people on those phone calls because you're annoyed by bad calls, but good calls, you're kind of curious. You're like, I just had a great call from a stranger. What is this good call going to be? You know what I mean? It's like you can, you can change um, people's perception by doing things right, right? Like if you look at LinkedIn right now, you're probably getting, I'm getting hammered by automation with no context. It's horrible, right? And it drowns out everyone else's message. But if it was automated with the right message, right timing, it wouldn't matter, right? Um, so like if people are using your tool and they're calling more people and having bad conversations, it it's almost brings down the whole industry, right? Versus that, that training. So, I, you know, I'm, I'm a big proponent of training and coaching and, and I, I, I think your tool in the right hands with the right educated future buyers, training and coaching is gonna be just unstoppable, which is awesome. Um, uh, you know, after this call, I'm going to get, I'm going to get back in Orem. Um, so that that's when it comes down to like marketing sales tech with all the explosion, do you see any kind of consolidation coming up? Like what's going to happen to these companies that have raised money? Um, their single goal is to pay back investors, their priorities, revenue, they don't invest in customer success and support. You're going to, are we going to see some of these companies fold? Are they going to get close? Uh, are they going to be rolled up? Cause is it, it, it really is, um, a crazy space out there right now. Yeah, I, you know, I think it's, I think the space is a lot bigger than people think it is right now. And there, mm -hmm. and it sounds cliche, but there's room for a lot of winners. I just, you know, having been in the, you know, like the IT infrastructure and cloud space for a while, people are saying 10 years ago, oh man, it's heating up. Aren't these companies all going to merge? And now you have just dozens of billion dollar companies that have come out of that. So it really ties back to the problem. And um, won't name names, but there's one, you know, public company I was looking at, they have about a billion dollars in revenue and half of that is spent on sales and marketing and yeah. how much of that is really spent, um, having high value productive conversations with their audience and how much of that is spent doing incredibly inefficient old school sales techniques. Like 80%. <laughs> and, and so you take, when you multiply that across every single company, well, it seems like all these companies in the sales engagement, sales acceleration space have quite a bit to chew through still. And so the, you know, the couple thousand customers that they may have now across five companies, it's, it, it's really insignificant compared to what's possible. So I think we're still in like that innovator or maybe early um, adopter um, phase at this point. And I think most companies have not um, woken up to what's actually possible. Um, even what we've built internally at Orem for our sales development process 
is so far beyond anything I had done at my previous employer while, you know, when I was trying to actually push the envelope there. And we were probably ahead of a lot of other companies. So I think it's still um, day one in the revolution for sure. Yeah, and I agree with you. Um, you know, for anybody listening who wants to get their hands on Orem, um, how can they do that? Do you guys have any kind of trials or any, any way for people to experience the power? Yeah, so we're experimenting with a freemium model right now, which allows up to 20 calls a day on our power dialer. And, um, you know, once we're in a sales campaign uh, with a potential client, we'll run a free trial. We'll, we'll try and understand what their baseline is today, um, what effect the tool has, and then we build that into a business case for the customer. So when they bring that up the chain, they can say, this is the value that this tool brings, and this is what justifies um, the, the cost of, of Orem. So, and that's typically about a week long. Cool. Yeah. I'm like, I, you know, and you were fortunate enough to give me a test drive before I was ready to, to use the tool and it really opened my eyes to possibilities, um, which is great. You know, when so it comes to another thing worth mentioning is we'll actually turn down customers if the trial results aren't up to our standards. I know that I tried referring you people. Um, for those listening, you know, Jason is hyper-focused on customer success, results, and utilization, right? Yeah. Which is great. I think with a SaaS company, the the most important thing is getting your customers to uh, renew and also getting, you know, your first customers to be so ecstatic about your your company and the product that they can't help themselves but to go to other people and say, you have to check this thing out. And so there's a lot of things with our product in particular that can prevent someone from being successful with it. If they don't have a good data strategy or they're not, you know, they don't have direct numbers or good leads to call, that can affect their outcome. And while there's some people that are excited enough where they want to buy our tool anyways, and can put us in a bad spot later on down the line where we're not really providing the value that we claimed we could during the first call. And so maybe we can sell to them later, but we're really trying to build that army of early evangelists that are just wildly successful with the tool and then built the company from there. Makes a lot, makes a lot of sense. Um, so when it comes to, to sales leadership, SDR leadership, who, who, are you, who are you following? Who are you listening to? Who's like your go-to for like learning new stuff? Um, is it a group, a Slack conversation, or, you know, an individual? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, so, you know, I was lucky to have a lot of great mentors just throughout my career that I've learned from. In terms of content, um, I don't know if I follow a lot of uh, specific sales content per se. I mean, I'm, I'm ingesting everything you're ingesting off of LinkedIn um, day by day, but I do follow um, a lot of CEOs like um, Todd, CEO of Okta, Aaron Levy from Box. I'm always kind of digging into things um, that they're saying. Um, John Chambers, um, former CEO of Cisco. I'm always looking into his, his stuff um, and you know, reading books about everything I can get my hands on. I was just reading Start With Why, a marketing book. So I don't, for me, and I guess a lot of people ask me this question, like what sales book do you read? And I've read Challenger Sale and all these things that are out there, but I feel like there's so many other books about life and history and leadership that you can learn from that translate just as well into sales versus something that some sales guru wrote 10 years ago with some tips and tricks. So. That makes sense to me. Well, this has been awesome. I, I, I'm looking forward to actually getting back on Orm this afternoon and making some calls because I'm laser focused on our forecast. 
Um, that's a big win for us is hitting forecasts during these hard times. And uh, anybody who's listening to this podcast, if they want to reach out to you or, or, or pick your brain um, or connect with Orm in general, where can they find you guys? And, and what's the best way for them to connect with you? Yeah, so the best way to connect with us is orumhq.com. So just releasing a new website and that's where you can get access to our uh, free edition on well as, as well. And um, I'm on LinkedIn, so you can always uh, ping me there. Jason, this has been great. I, I, I appreciate you uh, jumping on the show. Uh, I'm going to let you go. I know you had a busy day. And um, you know, everybody, thank you for listening to the Cloud9 podcast. Um, we'll chat later on, Jason, and uh, look forward to seeing you continue to push the push the uh, limit with parallel dialing and helping us get back to having more human conversations, man. Thank you. Absolutely. Thanks, Amir. You got it. Take care. Bye-bye.